0: welcome to this week's episode of Let's Get Fiscal. I'm your host, Alyssa Beattie, and today we're going to be talking about the Alternative Minimum Tax, more commonly known as AMT, for individuals and corporations. With me in the studio today, we have tax professionals Natalie Blazard and Mallory Byrne. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us. I'm happy to be here today. I'm going to be asking them a series of questions about our topic today and get some insight from them on the history of this tax, its practical and technical application to individuals and corporations, and how it was affected by the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act in 2017. I'm going to go ahead and start with the AMT for individuals, and then I'll move on to the corporate side. Before we really get started here, Mallory, let me first ask you to explain for our listeners who maybe haven't even heard of the alternative minimum tax before, but what exactly is it?
1: The Individual Alternative Minimum Tax is located under Section 55 in the Internal Revenue Code and it operates alongside the regular income tax. It requires some taxpayers to calculate their liability twice, once under the rules for the regular income tax and once under the AMT rules, and then pay the higher amount. There are several things that can trigger AMT. These include large property and state deductions, having multiple dependents, home equity loans used for anything other than home improvements, long-term capital gains, and even stock options.
0: Next, Natalie, can you talk a little bit about the history of this tax for individuals and why Congress found it necessary to impose an additional tax on top of the
2: federal income tax that everyone already has to pay? Of course. So, AMT has a lot of history, so hold on to your horses. This add-on tax was originally, originally intended to prevent abuses by a handful of very rich taxpayers. In 1969, Treasury Secretary Joseph W. Barr spoke with Congress about an issue that many taxpayers with incomes exceeding 200000 which of course was quite a bit at this time, had paid no federal income tax in the year 1966. Congress was, of course, not happy about this, so they subsequently enacted an add-on minimum tax that households paid in addition to regular income tax. It mostly applied to certain income items that were taxed lightly or not at all under the regular income tax. The largest preference item was the portion of capital gains excluded from the regular income tax. So a little ways down the road in 1979, Congress enacted the modern AMT to operate in tandem with the add-on minimum tax. The main preference items, including capital gains, were shifted from the add-on tax to the AMT. A few, year late, a few years later, in 1983, Cong- Congress repealed the original add-on tax. The original minimum tax in the AMT affected fewer than 1 million taxpayers each year through the late 1990s. And then in 2001, Congress passed the Economic Growth and Tax Relief Reconciliation Act, which reduced regular income taxes but did not provide much relief from the AMT. And after this would pass new legislation every so often in an attempt to patch the AMT amount. However, this did not seem to be helping much because over the years, the amount of taxpayers affected by the AMT continued to grow, most likely because the regular income tax was indexed for inflation and Congress was enacted substantial cuts to this tax while AMT was neither indexed for inflation. The American Taxpayer Relief Act of 2012 enacted a permanent AMT fix to this problem by establishing a higher AMT exemption amount, indexing the AMT parameters for inflation, and allowing specified tax credits under the AMT. And as a result, the number of AMT taxpayers fell by about 500,000. That number eventually increased again in 2017, but as you mentioned earlier, this was followed by the TCJA.
0: Wow, very interesting. So, you had mentioned earlier that Congress originally enacted this additional tax to prevent underpayment of tax by the wealthy. How exactly were the
2: wealthy getting away with not paying their taxes? I am sure we have all heard of wealthy individuals paying a very small tax liability, or possibly not paying any tax at all. The way many wealthy individuals get away with this is by things such as making large charitable contributions, deducting large passive activity losses, and deducting losses on disposals of property. Take, take this as an example. Someone I'm sure most of our listeners have heard of, Donald Trump. In the past, he has boasted that he pays little to no tax when we all know he gener- generates a significant amount of income. I believe it was in his 2005 form 1040 that was released to the public, which in fact revealed that he was paying an effective tax rate of about 3.5%. However, what people often overlooked is that the Trumps who were subject to this AMT that year, in which they paid about $30 million in taxes.
0: Wow, I didn't know that. Next, I think we should talk about the applicability of the AMT to individual taxpayers. But first, a word from our sponsor, TurboTax.
3: Are you tired of the hassle of filing your taxes year after year and still owing too much to the IRS? Too nervous to try tax evasion? Well, I've got a solution for you. TurboTax Free Edition. TurboTax works hard to make sure you get back every penny you deserve. The best part? It's free. Zero dollars to file federal, zero dollars to file state. It's completely free. Why pay an accountant to do something a computer can do? Their jobs will be extinct soon anyway. Head over to www.turbotax.com to create your profile and save today. Remember, you don't even need a promo code. It's zero dollars to file. Try TurboTax today.
0: Based on Natalie's comments about the history of this tax, it seems like only high net worth individuals and those who are reporting very high amounts of income will be subject to potential payment of the AMT.
1: Mallory, could you please elaborate on this? Yeah, so it may seem like the tax is only for the wealthy, and in reality, it only affects about 0.1% of individuals, but technically speaking, all individual taxpayers that are subject to the regular income tax are also subject to the AMT regardless of their income tax bracket and regardless of whether they take advantage of certain exclusions, deductions, or credits. All taxpayers are required to determine for each taxable year whether they are liable for the AMT.
0: And are there any other entities who are subject to this tax?
1: There are. Trust and estates generally are treated as separate taxable entities that compute income as if they were individual taxpayers.
0: Alright, I know the calculation of AMT seems pretty overwhelming and complicated at first glance, and based on your statement that this tax is applicable to everybody, it is probably necessary for everyone to understand how this minimum tax is calculated. Mallory, can you try to give our listeners a very brief introduction to this calculation and some tips on where they might be able to go for additional information and help?
1: So the general idea is that taxpayers have to first calculate their normal adjusted gross income and then add back in certain items. After this, they subtract the applicable AMT exemption amount, multiply that by the appropriate AMT tax rate, and subtract the AMT foreign tax credit to calculate a tentative minimum tax. If the second calculation produces a higher tax bill than your regular income tax that you calculated first, you are required to pay the AMT. Some examples are the limitation on overall itemized deductions, standard deduction and personal exemptions, certain state, local, and foreign taxes, medical expenses, incentive stock options, disallowance of passive activity losses, alternative tax net operating losses, gain or loss on the disposition of property.
0: Lastly, as I mentioned earlier, the regulations surrounding the payment of this tax was adjusted with the release of the TCJA in 2017. The 2020 exemption amount was increased to $72,900 for single taxpayers and $113,400 for those who are married filing joint, with phase-outs beginning at $510,000 for single and $1,036,800 for married filing joint. These exemption amounts were increased by over $18,000 for single taxpayers and $28,000 for married filing joint with the phase out amounts being increased by over 400,000 for single taxpayers and over 875,000 for married filing joint. Natalie, can you talk to us a little bit about the effects these drastic increases have had on individuals?
2: Yeah, so I believe the largest effect these changes have made on individuals is that in 2020, the AMT only affects about 0.1% of taxpayers, mostly those in the upper income ranges.
0: Alright, so thank y'all both. That concludes our talk about individuals and now we're going to change gears just a little bit and we're going to talk about uh,
1: AMT on the corporate side. The 2017 act- Tax Act repealed the alternative minimum tax for corporations for tax years beginning after December thirty-first, 2017. The act continues to allow the prior year minimum tax credit to offset the taxpayer's regular tax liability for any tax year. Additionally, for 2018 and 2019, the prior year minimum tax credit is refundable as follows. For tax years beginning in 2018, the refundable credit is an equal amount to 50% of the excess of credit for the tax year over the amount of the credit allowable for the year against regular tax liability. For tax years beginning in 2019, the refundable prior year minimum tax credit is calculated the same as in 2018. However, the credit is 100% of the excess of the credit for the tax year over the amount of the credit allowable for the year against regular tax liability. Additionally, the CARES Act added Section 53E5, which provides a corporation the option to elect the 100% figure for its tax year beginning in 2018. For short tax years, the amount refundable is prorated.
0: Before we go, we have a special surprise guest to briefly talk about AMT with regards to the CPA exam. Seth Bayless, thanks for being here, Seth. I know that we typically have a few prospective accountants that listen to this podcast, so I thought it would be a nice addition to have a speaker from Becker here to tell us a little bit about how this topic relates to the CPA exam. Seth, can you tell us a little bit about AMT within the CPA exam?
3: Hi, Alyssa. Thanks for having me on the podcast. It's great to drop in. So, for those of you that are unaware, the alternative minimum tax shows up on the reg section of the CPA exam. The best way to tackle AMT is to memorize the various preferences and adjustments that it has. It helps to remember that a preference is a preference to the government and not the taxpayer. AMT is the government's last ditch effort to squeeze every penny out of you that they can. But the best way to ace the AMT on reg is to remember those preferences and adjustments that go into the calculation of AMT. I know it was quick, but thanks for having me again, Alyssa. Hope your listeners enjoy.
0: All right. Well, we are about out of time for today's episode. Thank you so much to our guests, Mallory, Natalie, and Seth for joining us here at Let's
2: Get Fiscal. Alyssa, it was our pleasure to come and discuss AMT with you and all of your
1: listeners. Yeah. Thanks for having us. I hope the listeners are able to learn a little bit about AMT from today's episode. Thank you to all of our listeners and tune in next week for our discussion of paying tax
0: in multiple jurisdictions with guest speaker, Patrick Mahomes.